Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sound of My Own Voice podcast episode four. I'm your host, as always, Ian Barrage, and wow, do we just have a awfully large podcast for you today. Uh, there's lots of things going on this past week. In fact, things just happening today uh, that I want to talk about. My sort of topicality has shifted over the past week. I think there's going to be some things that I push to next week's podcast, um, specifically some album and book review stuff, uh, because I really think I can keep a nice, tight, contained uh, sort of internet cultural uh, explosion for the theme of this episode. Um, but before we dive into all of that, as always, if you guys do like the podcast, like what you're hearing, enjoy hearing the sound of my own voice, as it were, uh, please, uh, you know, drop a little uh, subscribe, a little follow, a little whatever it's called on the platform that you happen to be listening to this on, uh, as well as uh, leave a review if it's on uh, Apple Podcasts. That helps me get boosted up in the algorithm. And uh, if you're on the website, feel free to comment. I'm like 90% certain you can comment. Uh, comment if you can't comment because I don't actually know how that WordPress works on the website. I assume that it's like most WordPresses, but I'm not 100% certain. Uh, you can find uh, that website that I'm referring to, the sound of my own voice podcast.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook slash the sound of my own voice podcast and at Twitter slash T-S-O-M-O-V podcast. Uh, we also have an Instagram that doesn't do anything, and I don't actually remember what the tag is. I think it's the same as Twitter because, uh, you know, there's character limits for some reason, and they don't like us to have long usernames on websites anymore. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, yes, uh, everyone who has been listening, thank you guys so much for listening over the past uh, I guess I've been doing this for a month now. Holy shit. Uh, thank you guys so, so much. Uh, I have been getting a steady stream of listens, uh, around 15 uh, to 20 per week, which is pretty dope. Uh, most of them seem to be on the first episode, so either I'm doing something right in that I convinced everyone to start with episode one and you guys are listening and understanding why you'd want to listen, or I did something very wrong in that I gave so much of a reason why you should listen that it has conversely turned into people deciding that they don't want to listen any further because they know what they're going to get and don't like it. I suppose that's good in the sense that I haven't tricked anyone to listening, bad in the sense that I instantly kill any retention that I might have. Uh, but if you're listening to episode four, then chances are you either just saw this post or you've been listening to me this entire time. But either way, I thank you so, so much. Um, and I think we should probably just jump right into things. Like I said, this is going to be a pretty jam-packed podcast uh, this week. There's a lot of stuff to talk to, and I think I'm going to start with uh, the subject that has uh, a little bit of levity to it, um, as the other two things that I'm going to discuss are sort of more serious, and by sort of, I mean definitely more serious and um, more distressing. Uh, so we'll sort of start on the high note and sort of gradually decline into into the dredges today. Uh, so the first thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, the return of our generation's greatest entrepreneur and the Internet's world's largest troll, uh, the one, the only, Belle Delphine. Um, for those of you that don't know who Belle Delphine is, uh, you are not male and exist on the Internet. Um, she is a uh, Instagram star, I suppose, uh, in her most... Uh, generalized uh, description. She could be considered someone who blew up on Instagram, uh, but effectively she is an Instagram slash YouTuber slash Twitter personality um, who sort of gained a large cult following uh, by posting extraordinarily uh, lewd videos doing things that most people would find some sort of repulsion towards or like would find very odd. Um, probably one of the, her most famous videos is her like cracking 20 eggs into a frying pan and then pouring them over to herself while she's in a bikini um, and doing the Ahigo face. Uh, if you don't know what that is, uh, <laughs> that is the uh, Japanese term uh, for O face uh, for lack of a wanting to give you a more descriptive uh, 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 description than that. 
Um, that's basically what it is. Uh, and that's kind of what she popularized, the crossing your eyes and sticking out your tongue face uh, while you do some uh, inherently sexual act or attempt to make a act sex more sexual by doing that face. Um, additionally, she would do things like pour blood on herself or like uh, rip apart. Um, there's a video of her with like a skeleton beside her where she like rips apart things and like hangs like shreds of meat on the skeleton truly some like fucking out there shit uh but she grew a very large and dedicated fan base of people who wanted to see this and people who uh were you know really into uh her style of sort of lewd content right um and she uh, hadn't and still hasn't uh, posted anything uh, outright uh, what you would consider nudity or pornographic. Um, however, she has still been able to make uh, quite uh, not only the following but living off of this. Um, after you know her Instagram sort of blew up and her um, uh, YouTube sort of blew up, uh, she opened up a Patreon where she was able to um, have sort of photo sets uh, for these various shoots and things that she did uh, that were exclusive to Patreon. Um, her highest tier was like 1500 I think, or like 3500 It was way up there, dollars. And it was like, I'll literally be your slave or something was like the name of it. Um, and uh, it was effectively like you got an hour-long Skype call and she would do like uh, effectively, quote-unquote, whatever you wanted. Uh, on this Skype call. Um, I remember there was a YouTuber who actually purchased this and had her like shoot a short skit. Um, but needless to say, she was raking in just hand over fist money. Um, and this is where I think the story uh, stops being what I would consider like a normal Instagram influencer uh, utilizing both uh, sort of internet meme culture and um, her own attractiveness as a female to sort of generate revenue, right? This is where she steps into just like utter brilliance, uh, where she decides to sell what she calls gamer girl bathwater. Uh, and it's a jar of like 10 ounces, I think. It was a relatively small jar. I think it retailed for like 30, 35 bucks. And it was literally water that she marketed that she had bathed in. This shit sold out instantly. I'm talking fucking flew off the shelves. She could not keep it in stock. And what is ostensibly something that she could create a virtually never-ending supply of if she literally sat in the bath for five minutes and let the tub fill up and then just bottled the water, right? Because the shtick was that this was really her bath water. It was not... Uh, just water that she put in here. It was water that she claimed she had 100% bathed in. And this shit blew up. Not only from the meme of effectively people saying forever, like, I'd literally drink your bath water. For those of you not in internet culture, you may have never heard that before. But it's a uh, common thing for a dude who has a particular... Uh, affinity for uh, certain uh, girls um, on the internet scene uh, to make a very hyperbolic statement. I would drink your bath water or I'd lick the sweat off of you, right? Um, very grossly and overtly uh, sexual in nature. Um, but again, Belle Delphine, genius marketer and genius entrepreneur that she is, takes this and monetizes it, right? Take something that's easy as fuck to do. Anyone can go sit in the bath and bottle it. Sells it for 35 bucks a pop. Sells out instantly. Probably easily made a couple hundred grand off of this shit. Not only that, she also fueled uh, uh, sort of different revenue streams for a whole bunch of content creators who naturally bought this shit for one reason or another and fucking did stuff like there was a guy who tested it for pH levels. There was a guy who like tested to try and see if um, there was like any dirt or any like alkaline in it. Um, there were numerous people drinking it on YouTube, even though clearly it said not to drink it on the bottle. Uh, there was a scandal where people were saying they had to go to the hospital after they drank it, um, which I believe was never proven to be true. Um, people just fucking, you know, doing the worst and trying to troll. Um, but after the bathwater, uh, in another stroke of brilliance, right, 
she says if i get a hun- or if i get a million likes on this instagram photo i'll open up a pornhub account and this shit of course naturally fucking a million likes in like 3 days right fucking if there's one thing that the internet is it's horny so she gets a million likes i think the fucking photo even got 2 million likes her instagram has since been deleted um i think actually because of this uh, of what happened so she does in fact open up a pornhub account but as i said at the top she has still not to this day done any uh, nudity or pornographic content what she did instead was on pornhub uh put videos like uh i believe there was one titled uh pewdiepie very famous youtuber if you don't know who that is uh most subscribed individual youtuber on the platform uh pewdiepie goes deep inside me uh, where she printed out a picture of PewDiePie and ate it, or uh, stroking my fat or stroking a fat cock in the morning, where she has a giant chicken in her lap and is petting it, right? Just totally fucking troll tier meme videos, uh, just absolutely dunking on her audience for thinking that they were going to get any sort of free uh, nudity off of her. And as a result, a lot of people got pissed, mass reported her Instagram, mass reported her Twitter. I think her Twitter got reinstated, but her Instagram was gone uh, for forever. And shortly after this, uh, we kind of uh, had a disappearance. She hadn't posted on social media. She hadn't posted on her Patreon, hadn't done anything. Um, And as you can guess, why I'm talking about her now uh, is that she finally reemerged in what is yet another stroke of genius. Um, let's the embers die down. Let's everyone sort of think of her as kind of like, whoa, there was a crazy point where this chick was pouring blood and raw eggs over herself and making like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a day on Patreon. What happened to that girl? And well, she's back. And what else does she come back with than a video on YouTube? That's a music video. That's one, not even her singing Two completely uh, hilariously in the state of youtube overtly sexual and three is nothing but a giant ad for her brand new you guessed it only fans account because what better way to come back into the limelight of youtube popularity for belle delphine than to do the one thing that everyone has wanted her to do for so long uh which is ostensibly uh get naked in front of the camera which she still hasn't yet if the uh reviews on youtube of her only fans accounts are any indication um her only fans account is just as similar to her uh instagram or patreon always was um and it is hella fucking expensive compared to other only fans uh 35 dollars a month for like 150 pictures right now um but i have very little doubt i think that she is a smart enough business savvy enough person or she has people around her who are busy business savvy enough to know obviously uh once you've you know once your nudes are out there once your sort of your body as a commodity has has been put out there uh then there is sort of this fall off of like now that people have seen it they've seen it they're not interested anymore right sort of that mystique uh element is lost and so i think honestly there's like a trajectory there's like a fucking board up somewhere in her uh sort of business meetings and they know the inflection point where dropping uh her nudes will make them the most money um if she's comfortable doing that if she's not comfortable and she's been you know just profiting off of uh sort of the horniness of the internet uh then you know that's also totally fine and totally okay and fucking incredible that she can literally make this much money doing what she's doing it's 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 amazing honestly truly that she has crafted this uh, place uh for herself uh in the internet um as as well as just in in this cultural phenomenon right now um i i think is brilliant but i think that there is a if she ever plans to do nudity she knows when that's going to happen she's already has this planned out six months in advance um and i just think it's it's incredible the 
the uh, what I have to assume is the forethought, the planning, the crafting, the creativity around how she continues to uh, stay relevant despite you know fading into obscurity for eight to nine months. Very difficult to do on the internet. Um, and I think that you know her her ability to generate revenue consistently is is extraordinarily impressive, as it is for a lot of uh, people that are uh, seeking revenue through outlets like OnlyFans currently, uh, where people have the ability to uh, make a living. There was the story uh, during the Australian wildfires where a girl raised like. Well, uh, like a hundred thousand five hundred thousand it was some astronomical figure just by literally like dming nudes to people being like show me that you donated to australian wildfires at least five dollars or whatever and i'll dm you my news five hundred thousand dollars later that's incredible right um and i think we're in a, in a brave new world of, of internet monetization um and especially like just sort of the sex workers industry and uh just the positivity around being able to you know, utilize your body in a way that you feel comfortable doing and people exchanging their money for that, right? Like, you know, the the, the porn industry has a, a, a lot of stigmas around it and there's obviously still uh, issues with like sexual abuse and issues with STDs and just all kinds of things that make uh, that industry maybe not necessarily something that a lot of people want to get involved with currently, though uh, obviously the porn industry is credited for you know uh the proliferation wow wow stumbling over everything the proliferation of uh vhs's dvds vr even um you know there's a a a lot of things that they do right but obviously there's a lot of uh, misgivings about the industry as well so i think being able to strike out on your own and have this space where you could sort of control your destiny um is is only a net positive for being able to move forward in this space um, and I think that uh, Belle Delphine is a shining example of exactly how to, um, you know, uh, secure the bag uh, for yourself and really fucking do it with a lot of aplomb and a lot of uh, really, really well-deserved finesse. Um, so that is, in fact, uh, the happiest story, uh, a story of, uh, you know, truly the entrepreneurial mindset. And, uh, you know, capitalism at its, uh, I dare I say, finest. Uh, now we move into just everything that's happened over the last, oh man, how long has it been now? 48, 72 hours. It's been a long weekend. Um, and I honestly don't know which, which order to tackle this in. I guess I'll do the most recent news first because I, I think it's less impactful in terms of there's less of it happening because it was one kind of incident, um, though it does affect um, a lot more people, I think, um, at one time uh, very negatively, um, though I guess really they're, they're probably both equally impactful to a lot of people negatively. Um, but uh, just today um, at, I believe, 1 p.m., it was announced that uh, Mixer, the streaming platform for Microsoft, uh, would be shuttering its doors in exactly a month. Uh, so Mixer will cease to exist on July 22nd. Uh, it will no longer be a service that you can stream on. Actually, I think realistically, you cannot stream on Mixer right now. Um, if you try to stream on Mixer or try to go to Mixer.com, it'll reroute you to the company that they partnered with. Wait for it. Yes, Facebook Gaming. Um, which is a very interesting uh, decision, but I'm actually going to uh, speak about that in a minute because I want to give a little pretext to sort of how we got to uh, Mixer being shuttered and why in particular right now it's, it's even more interesting than it would normally be. Obviously, an entire web service shutting down with you know, probably thousands at least. I'd say there has to be at least a couple of thousand different partners, um, people who uh, entire livelihood is built on uh, Mixer revenue and Mixer partnership, as well as the dozens, if not a hundred plus people at Microsoft that also work in the Mixer space, um, all now uh, sort of in the lurch and without jobs. That would obviously be very notable regardless. Um, however, this is on the heels of uh, less than 24 hours before this announcement, less than 12 hours before this announcement, maybe, 
um, a former Mixer employee, uh, Milan, on Twitter, uh, came out with an article called uh, Mixer, the Black Experience. I guess it wasn't an article. It was a tweet. It was a tweet longer. Um, where he detailed um, a just scathing review of a senior Microsoft person uh, calling Mixer's partners slaves and this uh, Microsoft executive uh, saying that she was their master and they were all her slaves. Um, this person uh, uh, that was saying this uh, still works at Microsoft, apparently. Um, and it obviously is in uh, far more detail on the twit longer. I would suggest everyone go read it. Um, it's a very impactful uh, piece, very personal um, and very uh, brave and incredible that this person came forward and, and made these statements and let it be known. Um, the interesting thing about all of this is that uh, since what I presume was a prearranged business um, contract had been signed with Facebook, uh, and because it was exactly a month beforehand, I assume that this date had already been predetermined, you now have this person coming out and saying, uh, uh, Mixer has this horribly racist person in their leadership team. Not only that, I reported it to HR, and HR told me that they couldn't fire this person because they weren't racist because they hired me, a black person, therefore they couldn't be racist. Um, and now you have uh, Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, reaching out and saying, let's schedule a meeting tomorrow. Before this meeting happens, there's an announcement, hey, Mixer's fucking done. And there was a lot of the internet that sort of uh, predetermined this to mean uh, one of two things, or they had one of two stances, which was, holy fuck, this person just got mixed or canceled, you fucking bastard, why did you do this? Or, holy fuck, this person just got mixed or canceled, wow. Uh, sort of like just in shock that this was sort of timed this way. Um, when again, I think that the uh, answer is far more likely that uh, this was already prearranged and... I would even hazard a guess to say that uh, I believe VentureBeat, or no, The Verge is who dropped the article first. Um, I would say that that article had already been like, uh, you know, to use an old uh, turn of phrase, had already been, you know, put to the press, printed and ready to go um, when this happened. So I don't necessarily think there was enough time to really pivot uh, and be able to um, really change the way that they delivered this messaging. Um, but that, combined with the fact that there were multiple Mixer employees coming out saying that they had no idea that this was happening, they weren't sure if they still had jobs, um, and so on and so forth, really kind of uh, spiraled this into a even larger disaster than it would have normally been. And I think that, you know, uh, another really interesting facet of this is streamers like Mick, uh, Ninja and Shroud, who took pay deals to move over to Mixer, and I really think um, a lot of people are are focusing on them because they were obviously the two most prolific, uh, were the two most prolific. Can I not say that word today? Uh, prolific. They were the two most prolific um, uh, stars that had made the transition over to Mixer uh, from Twitch. Uh, but there are other people like uh, King Gathalian, like FaZe Ewoks, uh, who had signed uh, exclusivity deals with Mixer. And there are, again, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of other partners um, who also now were sort of basically told, hey, you can move to Facebook gaming um, and you'll still have your partner sponsorship. But with Ninja and Shroud, they actually forced Microsoft to buy their contracts out. Um, there was various reports that said, you know, Facebook Gaming was willing to take these contracts for double uh, what they were currently being paid at Microsoft uh, if they moved over to Facebook Gaming. Um, but I actually think both Ninja and Shroud uh, made probably um, the best decision they could have because uh, the, the figures that were being thrown around were uh, Ninja's deal was worth $30 million and Shroud's deal was worth $10 million. If we presume like a lot of Microsoft agreements, these were three-year agreements, that means Ninja, we'll use Ninja as the example because he's larger, was making $10 million a year. He's only been on the platform for 10 months. Um, yeah, 10 months. And so if we assume that he had only gotten five-sixths of that $10 million, or if for easy math we just assume he had somehow already gotten the full $10 million, 
That means that for another in in trading off another uh, two years of his life, he was going to get twenty million dollars, right? Or he could if Mixer had stayed, or if he wanted to uh, re-sign with Facebook. I can almost guarantee Facebook wanted to uh, either keep that same two-year extension or wanted to re-sign him for a, another three years or maybe even longer, right? Uh, for double, so let's say it was actually sixty million, but let's say it was a even if it was a three-year deal, but even it, or let's say it was a five-year deal, right? That's anywhere from like twenty to twelve thousand, twelve million dollars he would be making, right, per year, and he has to sort of guarantee that he's you know on Facebook gaming for that long, right? Facebook isn't going to shutter Facebook gaming anytime soon. Facebook isn't going to shutter anytime soon uh, unless we as a society decide like the blight it is, we just, you know, totally move away from it, right? Uh, but I think there's uh, too many grandparents um, who uh, utilize it as a way to see pictures of their grandkids um, and too many other uh, horrific things that happen on Facebook that keep it afloat, unfortunately. Um, and so I think Ninja really took a look and said, I can make 20 million now instantly be $20 million richer by having Microsoft buy out my contract. It gives me the flexibility to literally go anywhere I want, which I would suppose he could say, Hey, Facebook gaming, instead of doing that three year or whatever deal you were offering me, let's do a one year deal with you. Right. He can go anywhere. He has options and this applies to shroud as well. They could also just go back to Twitch, right? Ninja is still the most followed person on Twitch. He still has 14.7 million followers on Twitch. He could still go live tomorrow and 14.7 million people get a notification that he went live, right? And maybe Twitch doesn't want him back bad enough to sign a contract. But he could certainly stream on Twitch, have all of his benefits that he had on Twitch already, have all of his partnership probably instantly reinstated if it was taken away, right? And he could get his viewership back that didn't follow him to Mixer. And he could sit making decent money right now while he waits to decide what the next big move is. He strategically didn't let a business force themselves into, you know, making him make a decision that, granted, would have made him a lot of money. But the fact of the matter is, if he could make $20 million instantly and literally just take that to the fucking bank, he's already made an astronomical amount of money over the past two to three years of streaming with brand deals, with Red Bull, with Nike, with his merch line, with fucking everything, right? There's literally no reason that he has anything to worry about monetarily, right? And that was one of the reasons he said he moved to Mixer initially, right? Get back to his roots, smaller community, you know, really be able to hone and focus in. He now has all the flexibility in the world, all the money in the world that he could ever need to, you know, live in sustain himself, right? He doesn't ever have to stream again. Ninja could fall off the face of the fucking planet right now. And never work another day in his life. So what he has right now is the best deal, which is flexibility. Ninja's always been very, very vocal about not locking yourself into long-term contracts. He's the one who warned all these young esports kids that were signing with FaZe and TSM and, you know, NRG and, and SOAR and, you know, some of these, like, smaller orgs uh, that were snapping them up and signing them for three-year, you know, contracts and, you know, only paying them $1,000 a month, right? He was telling these kids, hey, don't sign a three-year contract. Never sign anything that's more than six months a year. You don't know where you'll be. You don't know how much you're going to blow up. Look at the, the, the legal ramifications of these contracts and breaking these contracts and really get yourself a lawyer and understand what you're signing before you sign these things, you know. Um, and he's always been a, big, been a big proponent of that. And I think that him – uh, you know, having this flexibility now is he has like literally all of all of the balls are in his court. He has all of the advantage. He has the ultimate high ground on any of these companies that are courting him right now. Right. Because there's no way his management agency isn't, you know, on the phone with YouTube, on the phone with Twitch, on the phone with Facebook gaming, on the phone with fucking D live maybe. Right. 
on the phone with all of these, you know, big companies and, and listening to offers. And Ninja's probably just sitting there and thinking, like, maybe I don't even need to, like, sign with anybody right now. Maybe I could, you know, survive off of just donations. Maybe I could just stream. Maybe he, he's thinking I could multi-stream to a bunch of places and see where my fan base wants me to be, right? He doesn't have to do the most lucrative thing right now because he's in a position of power with all of the money that he has currently that he doesn't need uh, uh, to make a decision. And I think that that's a, a wonderful place to for him to be and honestly um, just shows kind of what a brilliant business person he and the people he surrounded himself with are. Um, to be able to make these decisions. Uh, I also think that uh, I should asterisk all of that by saying that if there are people being uh, let go from the Mixer organization and with all of these other partners that, um, you know, are sort of, you know, maybe trying to go to Facebook gaming or don't really know where to go or, you know, their livelihood is now impacted. I do think there is something to be said for the fact that one person just got a $20 million payday and there might be people who, you know, can't afford rent next month because of this decision. Um, it's not Ninja's fault that, uh, you know, Microsoft signed him to a contract that he's, you know, asking for the terms of that contract. I don't fault him for doing that. Um, I, and I don't know the back-end business realities to know how uh you know much of a blind side this was uh for everyone at mixer other than obviously like you know people are saying they had no fucking clue um you know but in terms of like could it have been handled better could it you know what's the business reality of like being able to uh, uh solve this in a way that helps everyone um i think there's probably a way that this is ha handled better right i think maybe there's a way that uh, you know, this is handled a little bit more in favor of the people that ostensibly were the ones trying to help this platform succeed in the ways that they knew how, right? Um, I think something that's, you know, getting a lot of blowback right now in the community is like any like subscriptions or embers, which was like their tipping currency on the streaming platform. You know, anything that you are doing is being refunded in Xbox gift cards and not money which I think is kind of crazy. Um, there's also like, you know, all of these content creators are automatically getting partnered. If they were partnered on Mixer, you're partnered on Facebook gaming. You can completely shift everything over there. But I didn't really see anything of like, you know, it happened on the 22nd of the month. So maybe they had waited for like all partner revenue to be paid out. Like, you know, what happens to all the partner revenue? Well, that's not even true because partner revenue generally gets paid out 45 days after the fact. So, like, are they still getting money 45 days after this? Like, is there still a couple checks that will come in for Mixer to help these people? Um, and then especially with, like, the Microsoft employees, I do know that portions of, um, you know, Mixer's uh, infrastructure in terms of, like, the technology behind it are being absorbed into other branches at Microsoft. So there are some job restructurings, and, and you know, I haven't seen or heard exactly how many layoffs will come of this right now. I don't know that Microsoft even knows that. And, you know, I think they're probably trying to find a place for everyone. Microsoft is, like, generally pretty okay about that. I don't want to say they're always the best at it or always terrible at it. But I think from, you know, what I've seen industry-wise, they're pretty decent about trying to make sure everyone lands on their feet. Uh, but, again, you know, I, I think you also have to be cognizant of the fact that, like, two people walked away with, like, $30 million net, um, and that's, like, two of, like, 10,000 people, give or take, that were affected by this. So, like, it definitely is skewed. Um, but, again, you, I don't really fault them for, you know, basically saying, like, no, like, we had this contract. You're not able to uh, have, you know, you're not able to fulfill your end of this contract. So we're, we're going to ask for, you know, ours up front. Um, so that's the mixer situation. Those are sort of my two um, input or output my input segments for uh, this week. Um, I probably should have noted that before each segment, and one of these days I'll get some nice stingers and transitions, but today is not that day. Um, and before I go into the uh, last subject, um, I will forewarn uh, that the subject I'm talking about 
includes uh, things like sexual assault, um, uh, uh, rape, attempted rape, uh, sexual harassment, uh, all things in that sort of vein and that sort of nature. Um, so if you don't wish to hear about uh, those things, I'm not going to tell anyone's story. Um, I'd much rather you go look for that yourself and read it from their own words and their own perspectives. I'm not going to be directly reading any tweets, um, but I will be talking about that subject matter and that information um, for the last part of this. Uh, so if that's not something you wish to hear, um, feel free to turn off the podcast. I thank you for your time thus far. I greatly appreciate it. Um, but this is something uh, that um, uh, if I had a nice soundbite from Big Mouth, I would I would play the rage, rage, fucking rage soundbite uh, because it's it's something that that fucking infuriates me to 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 no end. And I just it it's hard for me to really wrap my head around the enormity and the gravity of this situation not from a understanding that it's happening perspective, but just from a, like, well, actually, maybe I guess understanding how it's happening. And I mean that in a in a more, like, galaxy brain-ish way, in that I simply don't understand how there's so many humans on Earth that are this fucking deplorable of people. Um, and what I'm referring to, um, to, to get into it uh, again don't want to listen to this uh, uh please click out of the podcast i'm trying to give people ample time uh, in case they're listening to this in the background i don't want someone to just like be kind of like half paying attention and then suddenly this come upon them uh, but i'm going into it now uh right now the gaming industry and the streaming industry which we can sort of lump together but is really sort of ancillary to the the gaming industry as a whole um is experiencing a a cleaning house right now it is just indescribable how many people in the last 72 hours uh, have been outed as sexual predators, as sexual abusers, as literal rapists. And the amount of people coming forward, it's like every single time a name gets mentioned by someone, it, 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 it's like a fucking pyramid of people just appear out of uh, I, I would say thin air, but obviously it's people who are feeling empowered by someone sharing this story and taking the the leap, the the brave step forward to 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 come forward and and share their experience with you know with the the internet, with you know society, with this uh, uh, you know ecosystem and this culture and this you know the the gaming public and industry that they've you know, come to know and love and saying, you know, this person's a foul, wretched fucking human being, you know, and it's just, it's insane. L literally, before I started recording tonight, I got on Twitter uh, just because it was the tab that was open in Google Chrome, Twitter's feed auto-refreshed, and the first thing I saw was another article I would say with a twit longer, but this one was actually with a Google Docs, uh, which was different. Most of these are twit longers uh, that said, I guess it's my time to come forward. Actually, you know what? I want to read the actual like uh, thing. It was, uh, uh, what did it say? I guess it's my turn too. So that was, that was the exact tweet with a copy of a Google Doc. And I guess it's my turn too. The just... I actually don't know how to describe this properly or how to describe how I felt when I read that because it, it comes off as, as almost, and I'm not saying this um, with any means to be uh, disrespectful towards this person. Um, and I, and hopefully it doesn't come across this way because I'm going to use a word and I, I, th I think it can convey the wrong meaning, but let me explain. It's almost flippant. And that's what scares me, right? I guess it's my turn to. Sounds so much like a person and an individual who is so resigned to the fact that this is a, a fact and is something that is happening to so many people that it, it, it just, it's like it was an inevitability that they would share this. And it, 
actually breaks my heart. Like I can't really like elocute the the ways in which it hurts me so badly that the industry that I love like more than anything and you know where I want to have a career is the 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 well is so poisoned right uh, you know that there are so many uh women and I am also seeing uh, men with the same experiences from the same people in positions of power which are almost exclusively if not exclusively white males in you know overarching positions of power in these industries just horrific story after story after story after story of these women being assaulted abused of women who were you know uh uh had uh, predatory practices you know were were literal prey which is a uh, just a mind-boggling adjective to use for a human right like that someone was prey because these men were predators right these men preyed on these women and again sometimes even men feelings of you know wanting to break into the industry having that power differential between them that power gap uh that that pressured them into doing things and 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 preyed on 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 you know just societal uh tensions and pressures of of things that i couldn't even possibly begin to you know describe properly because it's something that physically just doesn't happen to me and just will never happen to me and i'll just I, I i won't have that same experience to know to understand that side of things in a way that i could describe it on a level that really you know does it justice to be able to describe and to just see like person after person after person after person and i try to follow a a, a wide range of people in the industry i try to follow you know, all sorts of people, people I agree with, people I don't agree with, people from, you know, company A through Z, uh, people with positions from, you know, narrative writing to audio design to engineer to artist. And it, my feed is nothing but women coming forward and talking about these horrible life experiences and and. I just it's it it's horrible. I I just I can't again. I'm I'm almost at uh, a loss for words, which is ironic considering this is a topic that I I wanted to speak about, um, but unfortunately, like uh, several of the things with this podcast thus far, uh, my notes are slightly lackluster. But I didn't want to make this sort of a it felt weird to make this sort of um, uh, a science experiment almost where I have like these detailed notes about everything and I'm just like listing things off. I, I, I truly just feel like it's something that I have to talk about, right? It's something that I, you know, owe it to these brave individuals who are speaking up and, and making it a point to, to, uh, expose and and shed light on their abusers and and are doing it you know in a way that you know for some of these people I mean we're talking these I, I'm seeing screenshots from six years ago and and to to have that pain and to have that 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 experience and that mental anguish and that you know fuck it's just it's heart wrenching for me. And again, you know, to my earlier point, when we talk about, you know, how how can this happen or, or, or rather not how can it happen? But w when I think about just how are there this many dudes, this many uh, it, it, calling them dudes is 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 a is a fucking generosity. 
how many of these fucking spineless sacks of shit is is a better way to describe these just absolute pathetic excuses for fucking atoms colliding uh, and, and creating a fucking human being and existing, right? How can you be such a wretched creature that you can do this to a person, much less what is very readily apparent that all of these people are serial abusers, are serial predators, tr- who fucking un un just unbelievably large amounts of them have families and children and wives and are still you know doing this with uh, uh other women and it it is just thoroughly fucking sickening that uh, this sort of shit exists in the industry that that I want to be a part of it it almost makes me not want to be a part of the industry it almost makes me think like wow like why why would i ever want to associate myself with this right and and i know that there are people obviously and it, 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 it it's not everyone right but what i what i know even more is that for every fucking one person that has done this there's probably five people who were fucking complicit because they didn't speak out and uh and i'm referring to people who either witnessed it or or didn't call them out when you know they 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 made a joke or or did something overtly sexual obviously not referring to the people this occurred to i hopefully hopefully that was abundantly clear but just in case it fucking wasn't um in no way is this any fault of the people that had any of this heinous fucking shit happen to them but like when you think about the amount of people that this has happened to and you think about the amount of people that are being called out there is no fucking way in shit that there are not people at this company that know this fucking shit is happening right and i can fucking uh, testify to uh, two examples of this happening at the company that i work at and fucking both examples being brought up and both examples being completely fucking ignored by management, right? And I have first fucking hand accounts of both of these examples. And it, and it frustrated me then, and it frustrates me now. And and it's like, you know, even when, you know, it's, it's what's so mind-boggling. It's like, even when people do come forward, nothing fucking happens. And that's what's so in, insane to me when people do this dogpile bullshit and try to say that these you know women are, are, are clout chasing or that these women are making it up or where's the proof where's the proof motherfucker like what like are you fucking shitting me like the 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 crime that occurred is the proof right like you if if someone fucking shot and killed somebody you'd say the proof is the dead body so if someone raped somebody how is the proof not the body that was fucking raped right like and guess what you have a first hand fucking account telling you that it's happened that's all the proof you need buddy right that's all the proof you need and this is coming from someone whose best friend was falsely accused of raping his girlfriend whose best friend's ex-girlfriend at the time swatted myself and my best friend and sent us to jail and eventually led my best friend to kill himself right and it's coming from someone whose you know little sister was sexually assaulted in high school there is zero fucking reason to not believe someone when they are telling you that they have experienced sexual assault, sexual abuse, sexual harassment, predatory behavior, rape, any of that fucking shit, right? Just because they don't have an extensive list of fucking, you know, text messages and DMs and chat logs, you know, every fucking whisper 
of communication that they've had between them and the offending party for the last six years notarized and fucking verified by an independent auditing authority doesn't mean that what they're saying isn't true. Right? You know, it it does absolutely nothing to say, well, what about the times where it hasn't been true? Well, there have been times where it hasn't been true. The overwhelming majority of times it is true, right? It's the same bullshit, you know, all lives matter. It's the same bullshit, not all men. It's the same easy way to fucking use things that happen that are the fucking exception and not the rule to convince yourself that there's nothing fucking wrong because you're too much of a fucking pussy to accept the fact that there is a fucking problem with the way that we operate as an industry, with the way that we operate as fucking human beings in a society that lets people get away with this shit, that indoctrinates fear in women from a very young age that this sort of shit will happen, that indoctrinates a, a thought process that says, you know, uh, the clothes you wear can say that you're asking for it. Or if you don't literally immediately go after the most traumatic thing in your life has happened to the police, that you're a lying whore, that you're just trying to get someone fired, you're trying to ruin someone's career. How in the fuck can you live with yourself if you have any of those fucking thoughts? How can you live with yourself as a human being knowing that you think so little of a person's word that you think so little of another human being's personal testimony that you would immediately write them off that you wouldn't believe that what they said happened happened it's fucking flabbergasting and like i said it's it's insane to me to think that the industry that I love so much and the industry that can do so much good, that can raise so much money for charities, that can put out experiences that are accessible, that are diverse, that are inclusive, that are fun, that are all of those things, that are none of those things, that are sad, that are, you know, emotive, that give the player the most agency. Like, the, the video game industry is poised to be such an important creative medium in the fucking, you know, zeitgeist of humanity. And to think that we are constantly marred by bad actors being able to get away with and are enabled in their horrific behavior just blows my mind. And, and it's, it's like, it gets me so fucking heated, right? It's like, it, it, it's just how do these people fucking, and I know how they stay in power. They stay in power through manipulation, through fear tactics, through all of this stuff, right? And the amount of stories that I read, um, where, you know, uh, uh, it was, I was afraid for my job. I was afraid for my career. I couldn't speak out and, you know, I could sit from a place of, of extraordinary privilege and be upset that these people both felt that way and feel upset that, you know, there's nothing that I can do about it, right? That That's a place of privilege for me not having to experience that sort of, um, you know, uh, 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 life-altering event, but also the the... Um, pressure to not share because it's going to negatively affect my career, right? And it's it's just it, it it's something I don't have an answer to. Um, in terms of how 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 do we solve for this? Because uh, uh you know, my answer would be um, just fucking shoot them all into the sun. Uh, you know, if. 15 women come forward and say that you're a sack of shit and have text messages, you know, just of you describing uh, horrifically grotesque sexual acts that you want to do to them, well, then you get launched into the sun. You take a one-way trip on the new SpaceX rocket. Like, fuck you, you know? There's there's uh, a limited amount of resources on the Earth, and 
I think it's better off if you don't waste them for normal, decent human beings. And that's uh, uh, an extraordinarily aggressive view, but I don't fucking care. I just truly don't. I These people are just f- fucking atrocious human beings. And uh, I do believe that some people could change. I believe there are people um, that could in some way maybe learn from this. I I think there are some acts that are just too far gone that it's like once you've done that, it's just, it's, it's basically irrefucking-deemable because you've ruined, um, or I, I guess I shouldn't say ruined because that's, that's really putting my interpretation of how this event affected someone else's life sort of words into their mouth. But you forever altered this person's life more than likely in a negative manner. And there's nothing you can do to, to, to fucking take that back. You, you, you know, you can't unrape somebody. You can't unsend uh, a, a fucking, you know, a, a dick pic. You can't unsend a text message where you jokingly say uh, to uh, a girl who's just breaking into the industry, um, you know, well, how about you know you can keep me happy after this uh, after this um, this panel or whatever, right? Like you can't undo these things that forever have an adverse effect on these people's lives, and I I think there's a a, a place where a person who has made certain mistakes might be able to come back from, but but man, do I just think some of these these things I'm reading about are just totally irredeemable and these people just shouldn't be allowed to I don't know interface with with women anymore or or humans maybe even I don't know I it's it's fucking sickening to the very core of my being does it sicken me and I just again that that's why the the title of this is is rage rage fucking rage because it it gets me completely and wholly incensed every single time I think about it. And and I want to do nothing more than um, nothing would make me happier than for, you know, every single person in the games industry who has ever sexually harassed, sexually abused, raped, had predatory behavior, any of this bullshit to anyone, male or female, in both the, the, the predator sense and in the prey sense anyone who has had this fucking behavior just gone just done just instantly like you know maybe we there's a section of people and and we there's a way to be like these are the people that could possibly be rehabilitated um but man are there just some people who you know fucking the, the 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 bill cosby's and the uh um fucking shit what is his name not Kevin Bacon. Fucking whatever. The the Harvey Weinsteins and the Bill Cosbys of the gaming industries, right? These people should just locked up, done, game over, right? Instantly KO'd. And I just, I wish there was a way to do that in a way that protected the women that are brave enough to come forward from both the inevitable internet hate mob and the potential repercussions, and more than likely, I say potential, but the more than likely very probable repercussions on their career, the uh, unfortunate negative trauma and, and, and negative effect on their psyche that even having to relive these moments and having to bring this to light will probably also entail. I just I wish there was a, a, a way that this was handled where these women who have been through this, the, the, the worst possible thing, you know, that can happen um, to a person, you know, um, is, you know, it, it doesn't hurt them anymore. Um, and, it, and it doesn't cause them any more pain than they've already been forced to endure uh, by these absolute monsters of human beings that have, you know, forced that upon them. Um, but I think uh, that this is going to be the end of, of the podcast. I apologize for uh, uh, ending it on a on a somewhat I mean not somewhat on a very somber note and a very um, 
depressing note, sad note. You know, this is this is a bit of a downer of an episode. Um, but again, I, I think it's something that needs to be even with the uh, as my podcasting uh, uh, metrics tell me the two subscribers that I have um, listening to the episodes over and over again because I have more than two listens on every episode. So, um, you know, I think it's something that, you know, anyone with any amount of of listening right uh should 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 be talking about and should be discussing how can we be better how can we do things differently how can we make sure that this never happens to anyone ever again um because the the moment that we can say uh you know infinity since the last day that we've had this this issue in the industry is 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 the day that we're you know we're a better industry we're we're a better group of people making art uh, and we're enabling the people to make that art to feel safe to feel secure to feel loved and feel respected in this industry and uh that's i want nothing more than that um but uh i feel like it's weird to like do calls to action at the end of this um but if you did like this podcast fucking go follow a bunch of women in gaming on Twitter. Don't even subscribe to this. Just go enable them and uplift their voices and really listen to what they have to say and listen to their stories and their experiences because they can tell it better than I ever can. Um, but if uh, you want to come back to listen to something again next week, we'll always be here 4 a.m. every Tuesday. Uh, this is the Sound of My Own Voice podcast. This is Ian Barrage, and thank you guys so much for listening. Good night.